But if you will, go ahead and, and turn with us over to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 through 32. Scripture that we will read. Um, and we'll have it up here on the screen, or if you can follow along on the um, uh, uh, in your Bibles if you want to. Um, but Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 through 32 is what we'll be reading. As we talked about and we mentioned leading up to this, today we're going to talk about be forgiving. All right, be forgiving. And we'll see in Ephesians here how it talks about that. So it goes like this. It says, To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God, in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another." Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of, come out of your mouths, but also such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. He continues and says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption, that all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Amen. Ephesians 4, 22-32. Who we ought to be is something that we... We probably struggle with most of our lives, right? This concept of identity isn't always easy to to come to grips with. And through different periods of our of our lives, we'll we'll have different voices speaking into us on who they think we should be. When we're young, it's our parents, maybe our teachers that are saying you should be this, you need to be this, right? When, we, when we're older, maybe it becomes maybe a spouse is speaking into us, or or maybe it's a, a an employer, somebody that we work for that's saying you should be be this way. You should be like this. And, and sometimes the voices are well-intentioned. You know, I, I believe our parents, for the most part, they want you, they want the best for us, right? They, they do what they see. They learn from their, their mistakes and from their life, and they try to encourage us, you know, to go on and, and, and to be better, right? Maybe, though, with the employers, it's, it's not so much for our best interest, but maybe it's for the be- be- betterment of the business, right? But we have these voices in our minds always telling us what we should be. And sometimes that voice is our own self, right? Sometimes we'll say, well, I want to be this. I want my life to be this way. I want my, my character to be this. I want to be this type of person. I want to do this, be, be this. But there's a big difference between who we ought to be and who we want to be. Man, sometimes what we want isn't what necessarily we ought to have, who we ought to, to be. And that's what we've talked about over the past couple of weeks. We started with this idea that who are we going to be in this, this coming year that we need to be more like Christ, that we need to be following His footsteps, to be more like Him. Then we talked about how it look, what it looks like to be a faithful at everything, that we need to be faithful in our lives, faithful in our marriages, faithful employees, faithful at everything. But most of all, and we need to be an example of a faithful Christian, what it means to be a faithful Christian. We talked about what that, that looks like. Then last week we talked about being generous, and we talked about some of the difficulties and the struggles and, and the problems we have with being generous and giving. But today, uh, though the title may be to be forgiving, I want to start by looking at the products of, of being 
unforgiving. Okay? So this whole scripture we read this morning, it, it's, it's very beneficial to us as we go through it. We see great instructions through all of it, right? It says, so let's go through Put off your old self. Be renewed. Put on the new self. Speak the truth. Be angry and do not sin. We talked about that a little bit this morning in Sunday school. Labor, doing honest work. Share it with anyone in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths. And then, then do not grieve the, the Holy Spirit of God. These are all wonderful wisdom. Great instruction for us to learn from, to take in. It's things that if I wanted to, I could preach a whole series of sermons just on this scripture, breaking it down one at a time. But I want to focus on the last two verses of this scripture. So let's read it again. It says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, giving one another, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Now, I don't like when somebody tells me what I shouldn't do, but then doesn't follow that up with instruction on what I should do. Right? It's like, you don't need to do that. Well, what do I need to do? Right? Some of you, pro- well, some of you probably don't know, know this reference. There used to be a variety show called Hee Haw. Right? Okay? So for some of you young folk, that was, I don't know, Saturday Night Live might be in some comparison to it. I don't know. It was just a variety show. All kinds of different little things. They'd have music. They'd have different skits and whatnot. Um, but but Hee Haw, I loved it. Black and white, and, and then it got into some color, whatever. Um... But there was one skit that, that comes to mind with this, and it was it was Doc Campbell, right? And uh, he would have different ones in this little made-up community that would come to him, and they would they would say, it hurts my arm when I do this, or it hurts my knee when I do this, or it, it hurts, you know, whatever, when I do this. And he would get a rubber chicken out, and he would just slap them and say, well, don't do that, right? You know, and, and, and sometimes it might feel like that in our lives. Sometimes we might read scripture or, you know, just hear scripture quoted to us or something like that, or, or we'll hear instruction from somebody that's older than us or from a parent or something that say, well, you don't need to do that, right? That's just what it feels like. They're just slapping us with a rubber chicken and say, don't do that. It's like, well, but how can I really fix my my issue? You know, well, yeah, I cannot move my arm, but I need to move my arm to, to pick up things, to work, to drive, to get put clothes on in the morning, to get up to whatever it may be. I have to do that, so how can I fix my issue? That's why I love the, the what we call it's the dichotomy of this scripture. The dichotomy is when two things are laid laid aside side by side, and it's showed that they are in opposites. They're uh, you know they're not the same, right? So what that's what we see here. We see two different things that are just completely opposed to one another. You can say it this way. You can say that it that it's impossible to have one and and have have both of these going on at the same time. It's impossible to be wrathful and bitter and anger and all this stuff and do this other thing down here, right? That if one is present in your life, it makes the other harder to exist in your life, right? That if you have bitterness and you have anger and you have all these things going on, then it's going to be harder for you to offer forgiveness. But on the flip side of that, if you have forgiveness in your life and you offer forgiveness freely, then... It's going to be harder for bitterness, wrath, and all these things to be into to take hold in your own life. I like to I like to think of it in, in this way, right? If we fail to make room for forgiveness in our life, if we just abstain from it, we push it away and say, I'm not going to offer forgiveness for whatever may be going on, then bitterness and wrath 
and anger and clamor and slander and malice will force their way in. So you either have the choice to openly allow forgiveness into your life or these other things will make room for you and will force their way into your everyday life. And you say, well, I don't want to choose either one of them. It's not, a, it's, it's not I want none of them. It's either or. Either we forgive and we accept forgiveness and we make forgiveness in our and I think that we do every day or we're going to be filled with bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander and malice and all these things that we don't enjoy that we don't don't like that we don't want let's be honest with ourselves for a minute um 2022 is in the past right it's gone um but more than likely all of us were hurt or done wrong in some way in last year, right? I mean, we're halfway through January, and probably most of us can say that something's, somebody's done something to us that we didn't like in just the past couple of weeks, right? I mean, we, we, if you're married, if you have kids, you know, somebody's done something in that household that you probably didn't like. That's reality. But that happened in everything. And I want you to look at your life, though, and think of a season where you didn't really forgive the way that you know that you should. Right, like I said, let's be honest. I, I've been there. There's been seasons where I didn't forgive somebody for something that they did for a while. It took me longer to get there. During that season, where you were not willing to accept forgiveness, did any of those other things come up in your life? In those times where you weren't forgiving, were you a little bitter? Were you a little wrathful or angry? Were you more clamor? Just means to argue. Were you more apt to argue with somebody when you weren't forgiving other people? Slander and being malicious, talking about people and just being mean for mean's sake. I think we can be, if we're honest and truthful with ourselves, when we allow unforgiveness to reside in our hearts, those things become ever more present. That you're going to be more argumentative. You're going to be more bitter. You're going to be more wrathful and angry. You're just going to be mean for mean's sake because that unforgiveness is there. And that's the reality. That's that's the that's the truth. This is the products of being unforgiving. Right. Of being unforgiving. And we have that choice to make. Like I said, it's not a I don't want either of them. It's you choose either or. We have to make make that decision. It's not an easy decision, but it's a decision we have to make. Quick insight. Counselors are people that are gifted by God, right? Bible talks about the giftings, and counseling is one of those that comes up. And oftentimes, when you go to somebody for counseling, maybe it be for anger or bitterness, or, or maybe you know you're just you're wrathful, maybe you know whatever it may be. You know you argue with everybody, you just have a mean spirit, and you go to counseling and like I've got this issue going on. What are they going to do? They're going to go and they're going to start talking about your past. They're going to be asking questions about your past. What are they looking for? They're looking for unresolved issues. All unresolved issues are basically things that have not been forgiven or have not been given to God. That's what an unresolved issue is. Now, a secular counselor might say it a little bit differently, but from a Christian perspective, that's what it is. Unresolved issues are things that you've not forgiven, sought forgiveness for, offered forgiveness for, or given to God in some way, fashion, or form. That's what they're looking for because they know that these character things don't just come from nowhere. They usually have a root in some place in our life, something in our past, where forgiveness wasn't dealt with. In the proper way. And that's what this scripture is telling us. It's laying out this dichotomy of either or. Either this or 
you're going to do this. If you do this, this will go away. But if you embrace this, it's going to be hard as all get out to forgive somebody. Now, let's be honest. Sometimes we enjoy the anger. Sometimes we enjoy. We feel like the justification is there for us to, to be aggressive, to be mean, to be argumentative, to be to slander, to talk about people, to be malicious and mean. We sometimes, in our human and fleshly nature, enjoy that for a season. But that season ends pretty quick and it begins to weigh on us, right? It becomes heavy and it becomes something that's unbearable. But we think that's where we're at. But we can choose to forgive, right? We talked about in Sunday school that a lot of times, you know, things happen... And the Bible says here in just the scripture, let it go before you know the sun sets on your on your wrath. That's how the King James Version says it. Sometimes it's hard to do that that quick. But Mark said it well. He said, when you let it go after a day, and it just begins to add up, multiply, multiply, and it begins to compound on itself, and it becomes greater and greater. And the reality is, the longer that you let unforgiveness reside in your heart, the more these things, the bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, slander, and malice, will begin to bleed into other areas of your life. Because when you first don't offer forgiveness, it might just be towards that person or that situation. And that's who the, the wrath and the anger is for. That's who the bitterness is for. That's who the arguments and the clamor is for. That's who all these things are for. But it doesn't stay that way. The longer it resides there, the more it begins to bleed into other relationships. Then you're more argumentative when you go to work because of what's going on at home. Or you're more argumentative with your spouse because of what's going on at, at work. You're more bitter with people that did nothing wrong to you because of this unforgiveness you have in another relationship. You, have, you, you talk about people that are good people, but you've just gotten into a place where this unforgiveness has just, just controlled you to a point where you just talk about anybody now. You're mean to anybody now because you've let this unforgiveness reside there for so long. And at one point, yeah, you were just mad at one person, but now you're mad at the world. At one point, you just fought with one person, but now you fight with anybody who's willing just to look at you wrong. At one point, you you just you did you were just bitter with with you, what this one situation did. This one person took your opportunity, but now anybody cuts you off in the road, you're bitter towards them. Anytime you see a Prius drive by you, now you just want to run in off the road because that one time that one Prius did you wrong. And it just begins to bleed into different situations, in different areas, areas that have nothing to do with the initial cause of your unforgiveness, the initial cause of your pain, your suffering. That unforgiveness just begins to bleed out farther and farther and farther into it. I grew up in Unicoi County. And Unicoi County has a place called Nuclear Fuel Services. Okay, It's a lot like Oak Ridge, but you know, not food. Um, and they would make the uranium. I'm not. I'm not a scientist, and I don't know on the ins and outs. I want to give you the simple part of it. They would make the uranium fuel that would go into summer. That was my understanding of it. I'm sure there's other top secret stuff they did there. What? Yeah. But that was our understanding of it. If you lived around it, right? Um, and that stuff probably isn't the healthiest stuff all times. But they would keep it on lockdown, right? And they would do the. the they had the safety precautions and whatnot. But there was also a plan. If it got out, they would want to stop it. The leak. And, and just, as Barney Fife says, nip it in the bud before it got too far. Because they knew that it might just affect one area at first, but if it wasn't resolved, then that stuff would begin to seep. And it would spread in the water. And it would spread in the ground. I don't know if it would spread in the air, but maybe it spreads in the air, right? And it just begins to spread farther than where the initial accident happened. 
And that's what unforgiveness does. We're all going to have times where we're unforgiving. Hurt grievously, right? We've done wrong, been done bad. Maybe it was this past year, maybe it was 30 years ago, right? Whatever it was. There been times where we've been done wrong and we just don't want to forgive. And we just don't, we don't want to. We're all going to have those moments. I'm not going to say that, that I, I'm infallible in that. There's been times where I've not been so willing to forgive initially, right? But we need to understand that the product of letting that live, letting that breathe, is that it begins to spread. And it spreads into areas, into places, into situations, into parts of your lives that you may have never intended for it to go. You just said, I'm just going to be angry at this person. I'm just mad at this person. I'm just hurt at this person. And then 20 years later, that person might be dead and gone. And you're still angry and you're still mad and you're still upset and you still argue with people and you still are mean to other people because of what happened then. And that person's done. Gone. But here, that unforgiving has spread. You might not even realize why you're still acting that way. But God does. He sees that root of that unforgiving spirit that you had for that one person, for that one thing, for that one season, and He's seen how it's spread. And He's seen the product of the unforgiveness in your life and the damage that it has done. Maybe there's unforgiveness with your spouse. The product of that maybe is becoming you're more argumentative towards each other. Right? Maybe there's an old friend that you had, you know, and had a fallen out. Um, you're bitter towards them. Now, maybe it was somebody hurt you, did you wrong, treated you bad, you got the rough side of a deal, whatever maybe. And uh, now you're just angry all the time because of what that person did. Something's been done wrong. And families hurt you. People you thought you could trust, that you loved, that you cherished. Maybe it was church, whatever it may be. And, and here you are, and, and they talked about you. Gossiped about you. Spread things behind your back. And now here you are. And you're hurt. And you're unforgiving of it. And what does it end up? A lot of times we end up doing the exact thing that hurt us. And we're talking about other people behind their back. Gossiping about that person that gossiped about us. Because they deserve it, right? They've earned it. If they're going to do it for me, then I can do it right back to them. Give unto others who'd have them doing to you. That's a bad interpretation of that scripture of how you interpret that. Bad interpretation. It's not what it, what it says. But that's what we do. That's where we end up. Is that unforgiving doesn't just affect you. doesn't just affect nobody. It's like, well, I can be upset at this person. I can just go on and live my life and I can be happy and I can do everything I want to and I can act like that person never existed and it can be okay and they can be okay and everybody's going to be okay. That's not how it works. Those things will always come up. I have never met or talked to or counseled somebody who is struggling with forgiving somebody that did not also struggle with one, if not all of those. Because that is the product of unforgiveness. A hundred percent of the time. A hundred percent of the time. That is what will crop up. If you plant unforgiveness in your life, you will reap bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander and malice. Every time. Every time. 
no discussion about it, no question about it. Well, maybe, maybe if I do things this way or I get away from this person or I move to a different city or I move to a different town or I change my job or I change this and I change this about myself, maybe then I won't. It don't matter how far you get away from that person, that thing that you're unforgiving of, that'll still show up. That'll still show up if you hold on and you plant unforgiving. Unforgiveness in your your life. And it's not not something we like to talk about. I mean, we often say in church, well, yeah, we should we should forgive people. It's good for us to forgive people. Christ forgave us, so we should forgive others. All that's true. But we don't often acknowledge or accept that unforgiveness has detrimental and destructive consequences in our lives. You might say it might not affect you. It will. It will. And you might not even notice it, but your spouse will. Your children will. Your co-workers will. Your church probably end up will because you might get upset with them and leave the church. You might get upset with your spouse and be like, just get out of here. I don't want to see you today. You might be upset with your children and be like, I wish I never had you because all this is peeing up, the unforgiveness that you've not dealt with, that you've not released to God. We need to deal with the products of unforgiveness. And we do that by forgiving. Right. We do that by letting it go. We do that by giving it to God. We do that by surrendering what we would like to do. Because like I said, sometimes we'd like to be angry. And we'd like to argue with that person. We'd like to meet them. And we'd like to just put our dukes up, right? And just, I'll meet you outside. Catch what, What's the mean? Catch me outside. I get you outside or something like that. Right? I don't know. I'm not up with pop culture, but catch me outside. We'll get this straightened out. We'll do this the, the, the real way. We'll fisticuffs. We'd like to do that, but it's not going to fix anything. The unforgiveness is still there unless you deal with it. Ignore it all you want to. Act like it's there all you want to. Act like you're mad because of another reason. Find another excuse because you're mad. It's because you've not forgiven that thing. You argue all the time because the person's got bad issues. No, it's because you've not forgiven that thing. You talk and you're mean because of the way you were raised. No, it's because you've not forgiven your parents for the way you were raised. You forgive them, you can move on from it. It's because you've not forgiven and that's why those things are still cropping up. Do you know what a perennial is? I think I'm using the right term, right? Perennial is something that you plant, and it sprouts up, and then it kind of dies down, or you cut it down whenever winter time comes or whatnot, or you let your kid mow, and they hit it, and they didn't mean to, and then you just crop it down, right? And then next year, springtime comes, and guess what? That thing, whoop, pops up again, right? It's a perennial. Well, guess what? Unforgiveness is a perennial. And you might cut down some of those attributes for a time, but that core thing is still down there. And the only way to get rid of it is to uproot the whole thing and deal with the unforgiveness. You might deal with the bitterness for a moment, right? But you're still not forgiven. And guess what? If you're still not forgiven, bitterness might not come up the next season. It's going to be wrath. And you might deal with the wrath for a season, you might tamp it down. Be like, I'm not going to be such a wrathful person. But guess what? That unforgiveness is still there. Well, you might going to start arguing with people come next season. Because that's just what you want to do. And you cut that down. And you cut the arguing down. 
And then that unforgiveness root that's still there, next season it crops something else up. Something else comes up. And you keep on trying to deal with that and you never deal with the unforgiveness. It's time that we deal with the unforgiveness in our lives. And be forgiving. Be forgiving. When we invite forgiveness into our life, there is no room for the bitterness and the anger and the wrath and the maliciousness and the slander that comes from the hurt that people have caused us when we invite forgiveness in. But we need to choose to invite forgiveness in and let go of the unforgiveness. Like I said, you know, and if you write anything down, write write, write this, this thing down in whatever way it makes sense to you. But if we fail to invite forgiveness in, bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, slander, and malice will make room for themselves. If you don't invite, make the decision to invite forgiveness in, they'll make the decision for you to invite themselves in. And they'll make themselves comfortable and they'll begin to seep into every part of your life. But we need to be, be forgiving. So just as we, as we close, let's talk one real quick about forgiving yourself, forgiving ourselves. We talk a lot about forgiving others. We just mentioned that, right? But I want to, to, for a minute, to talk about forgiving ourselves because some of the same effects that will affect us when we don't forgive others comes when we don't forgive ourselves either, right? When we don't forgive ourselves for something that we've done in the past, something that's happened, for something that's went on, something that we blame ourselves, we, we struggle with the same things. There's, there's a, a big difference between living in shame and living in regret, right? God did not intend for you to live in shame. He didn't intend for you just to live your whole life being ashamed uh, of what's under the blood, of what He's forgiven you for, right? Regret can be good in, 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 in certain portions because it's regretful that you did that wrong thing and it, make, it makes you mindful that you want to do better. Shame says that I'm just a bad person and that I can't be redeemed, right? That I, that I can't be good enough. So we don't need to be full of shame if God has forgiven us. So in our lives... And in my life, as a teenager, growing up in church, I really struggled with this idea of forgiving myself. And, and I would go to the altar every Sunday begging for forgiveness for the, for the things that I begged for forgiveness last week, right? Things that I cried out for months ago, and I still felt, felt bad about it, right? I still felt awful about it. I still felt shame. I felt guilt because I'm like, man, I'm this awful person because of this... Thing that I've, these things that I've done, these decisions I've made, whatever it may be. And I would keep on coming back, keep on coming back. And it, it created anger, it created sadness, it, it made me just, just frustrated at things. These other things begin to crop up because I failed to forgive myself. I failed to forgive myself. And so maybe you, you know, you look at your life, you look at your failures, you look at the, your, the things you messed up at, you look at the messes that you made, the mistakes that you made, the decisions that you've done, the relationships that you started didn't work out, the, the, the people that you've hurt, the whatever it may be, and you blame yourself, and you are ashamed of yourself, and you have all this, and, and you come to church, you cry out to God, and you, you pray in your, your closet, and every day it seems like you're praying over the same thing because it's years ago, and you're still carrying that shame. That's how I felt a lot of times. Maybe that's where you feel. But there was a minister that came to my home church one time that that, that spoke, and and he, he was able to to speak into this in a way that that really helped me 
you know, kind of move forward from this. And he said, God convicts us when we've done wrong. He convicts our spirit. Holy Spirit deals with us and, and, and convicts us so that we know we need to repent of our sins. And that when we repent of our sins, we are forgiven of those sins in the past, right? If we sin going forward, He still desires for us to bring those to Him and cry out to Him. But if we've repented of those sins, they are forgiven. They're in the past. So any shame and guilt that's felt for that afterwards is not from God. That is shame and guilt that the enemy is using to say, you're still not good enough. You're still not loved. You're still not cherished. You still haven't done enough to make up for all your sins. You still haven't got to a place where God will love you. You might have prayed and you might have prayed and you might have called out, but it's not good enough because you're not good enough. And that shame and that guilt that comes from those past things, after you've asked God to forgive it, that's not of God. Shame and guilt only comes from the enemy because he uses that to attack you, to attack your relationship with others, to attack your relationship with God, to help foster bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander and malice and all these things. He wants to make you not forgive yourself so that those things will grow in your life. You've been in a place where you've not, you just you were ashamed of what you did. Maybe you hadn't talked to anybody about it. You prayed and asked God to forgive yourself for it and you, and you felt like He forgave it, but next week you just was bringing it up again and it was coming up again and you were angry and you were hurt and you were bitter because it just seems to be cropping back up again. That's because you've not forgiven yourself. And you can look at the enemy and say, God's forgiven me and I've forgiven me. And I have no reason to be bitter or wrathful or anger or fight and slander and be malice anymore because I should forgive myself just as God in Christ has forgiven me. If God in His love and His mercy and His might, knowing everything and seeing everything, giving His Son so that we could be freed from the bondage of sin to, be, to take reparations for our sin and failures, if He can forgive us, then we can forgive us. Don't let the enemy use shame and guilt from things that God has already forgiven you of to pull you back and to push you down and to hold you down, make you feel like you're drowning, bring up all the bitterness, wrath, and anger that comes from all the things in your past. If God's forgiven you, the Bible says, who the Son has set free is free indeed. If you've been forgiven, you are forgiven. Something comes up in the future, you repent for that. But what you've got under the blood is under the blood. So don't let that affect you. Don't let the enemy bring that up to define you. Don't let him use that to torture you or to oppress you or to depress you. That's in the past. That's under the blood. God's not thinking about it. You shouldn't be thinking about it. Amen? Learn from your mistakes. Learn from your failures. But forgive yourself as Christ has forgiven you and be who he wants you to be today. And don't let your past bring all those things up. Forgive others. Forgive ourselves just as God in Christ forgave you. In 2023 and going forward in our life, we should be forgiving. Forgiving of others that have hurt us. Those that hurt us in this year and those that have hurt us last year and those that hurt us years ago. Maybe to a point where they're not even around anymore. Be forgiving of those. But also be forgiving of yourself. God's forgiven you. And there might be effects and consequences in your life going forward. I don't know. But God's forgiven you. And you can forgive yourself. And you can live the life that He wants you to today. 
Don't let the enemy keep using those things that God has put under the blood. He can't pull it out. I don't know if you know that. He can't pull those things back out. He'll show you images of it, and he'll try to remind you of it, and he'll tell you stories of it, but he can't pull those things out. They've been forgiven. So you can forgive yourself too. Forgive others. Forgive yourself as God has forgiven you. We need to be forgiving. Like I said, we went to this series to talk about who we should be in 2023, who we should be going forward in our life. And we talked about being faithful, and I pray that we are more faithful. We talked about being generous. I pray that we are generous, right? Someone just won $4 million in the fall in the lottery last night. Don't know if you know that, right? If you're one of you, be generous, right? Give it to the church. <laughs> But we should be generous, right? We should be more giving. We should, you know, be, be generous. But we need to be forgiving too. We, we need to be forgiving of, of the hurts that are going to come. You're not going to live through a year of life and nobody hurts you. You're not going to live through a year of life and somebody do something wrong to you. You're not going to live through a year of life and, and everything be, be daisies and everything be glamorous and fine. You're going to be done wrong. You're going to be hurt. Somebody's going to poke the bear. You're going to get frustrated, mad and angry. Be forgiving. There are going to be things that you do, that you regret, that you wish you hadn't done, things that you wish you hadn't said. Take it to God. Ask for His forgiveness. And when He gives you forgiveness, give it to yourself as well. Give it to yourself as well. I'm thankful that, that, that He is faithful and just to forgive. And just as He is faithful and just to forgive any number of sins, multitude of sins, as I begin to study and research and study up on, uh, on forgiveness, man, it is just, there's an abundance of Scripture talking about it, right? He tells the disciples seven times seven, just to make an example of how many times you should, should forgive others. And he talks about, you know, how if, if I've forgiven you, you forgive me. If, if you don't forgive others, and basically that day, you know, you're, you're really, you know, you're not living, you're being a hypocrite. If you want me to forgive you and you don't forgive others, that's hypocritical of you. I mean, he is an example after example, goes in depth with this. Forgiveness is, is a big deal. And I pray that going forward, we can be more forgiving of others and ourselves. Amen. Of others and ourselves. I'm thankful for His Word. You know, I could go, we could, I could preach 8, 9, 10, 15 more weeks about who we should be, right? And there's other things that we should be. It says right here, be kind. To be made new, is one, one translation says earlier in this scripture. To, to, to be who, you know, in the likeness of Christ. We can go on and on about who we should be, but... But these are the, four, the three that God's related on our, on our heart. And I pray that we apply it. And I pray that we live it out. And that we can say when we get to the end of this year that, that yes, I was, I was more faithful. I was faithful this year. We talked about it's not a gradient scale. I was faithful this year. I was generous this year. And, and I was forgiving this year. And then maybe next year we add more on, right? Maybe next year we, are, we be something new. We keep on doing those things. We be more like Christ the next year. But I'm thankful for His Word. Amen.